Hello and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name is Cole and with me as always is Gavin. In this week's news, we have some great information about a new virtual try-in option from Google. We also have some information about Bella Canvas and their new corporate shakeup uh, in the role of president. So let's jump right in. There's a lot of great information and don't forget to like and subscribe. For the new upcoming season, Bella Canvas is going to be coming out with nine new silhouettes and six new colors. Some of the interesting ones include sweatshorts and also an adorable toddler hoodie. So if you want to check out some of their new items, you can already see them online. They'll also be at the new trade shows and you can also request samples. I'm interested in the Heather French Vanilla and the Heather Blue Lagoon colors. It's always fun to see what Bella Canvas does to push the wholesale industry forward. Big news, Cornique Digital, the company that makes digital printers, they are now getting into print on demand and merchandise fulfillment. And they're doing that by partnering up with another brand that's called Amaze. Amaze is a software company and they have a platform that allows social media content creators to monetize their audience and fans. Now with this new combination, social media content creators will be able to monetize faster, sell more branded merchandise, and it sounds like it'll be a lot easier to do so. What do you think about this? Is this a huge win for online content creators or is this a huge loss for small business owners that print t-shirts. In a surprise corporate announcement, it turns out Chris Blakesley, the president of Bella Canvas, has left. He's going to be working with Gap on their Athleta brand. And so it turns out that the COO of Bella Canvas is now getting an upgrade to president. Norm Hollinger has been with the company since April 2021 and is now in the lead role. It'll be fascinating to see what decisions he makes inside of Bella. Check this out. Google has this cool new thing that lets you try on clothes virtually. Google's new generative AI directly on search result allows people that shopping online to try on shirts. And Google has partnered up with some big brands to do this. H&M, Love, and Everlane are part of this first release from Google. Here's how it works. When you do a Google search and a product shows up and it has the try on icon next to it, you then be able to pick a model with a body shape like yours. And then the AI technology will then show you how the shirt will look like as if it was on you. But this ain't nothing new though. Other companies have tried this. Snap, Instagram, and Pinterest have already done something similar to this. Plus Google may have noticed that TikTok it's getting really popular right now with online shopping. Look, if you was buying a t-shirt online right now, would you try this new thing from Google that lets you try on your t-shirt? In the battle for automatic supremacy, M&R has just released their new Gauntlet 4 automatic screen printing machine. Their new machine, they're saying, is going to be faster and smoother than anything previously available from the company. They will have a brushless, variable frequency electric drive motor, which will allow every single print stroke to be smooth and accurate and also adjustable. They also have a new membrane switch-based print head control, which they say enables a quicker setup and enhanced repeatability. I'm really excited to see this at one of the trade shows and see what those differences really make in a practical application. So today we have Jeremy and Christy, who are the hosts of Last Call for Plastisol, the podcast. They're also both uh, business owners in their local communities running different T-shirt printing shops. Um, Christy, could you give us a kind of a quick rundown of what it is you guys do? Um, so my shop is called Snatch and Run. We're in TAK, South Carolina, and I run an all-female owned and operated shop. Um, we're a smaller shop, very boutique and we focus on helping small businesses and corporate partners um, elevate their apparel 
So very nice. And Jeremy, your shop. So I own uh, Rock Hill Screen Printing in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is only about 15 minutes away from Christie's shop in Fort Mill. <laughs> and um, we are your full service screen printing shop, screen printing, embroidery, you know, digital printing. And, you know, we cater to the traditional small business schools type customer base. Very nice. And so uh, what led you guys in down like the path of deciding to do a T-shirt podcast? What are, what are your goals with that right now? Well, um, so I'll kind of start and Christy can kind of fill in. We um, we both in the last about year, we've kind of grown. Um, our shops have kind of grown. We've kind of got out in the industry a little bit, put ourselves out there a little bit more. Christy's um, on the Gildan Board of Decorators. Um, I had a uh, influencer deal with Anatol equipment for a while. And so um, just being able to put ourselves out there in the industry and ha I had an open house. Christy was just getting a lot of um, recognition from her participation in the Gildan Board of Decorators. And so throughout all of those things, we just kind of decided like, hey, we've got some momentum going here in the industry. And we want to take advantage of that momentum and really try to push an initiative, um, which the initiative basically is, you know, that we want to be um, community over competition. There is a lot of shops in my area that really don't like me and, uh, <laughs> and I don't understand it. <laughs> and, and it's the good old boy network a lot. And uh, I'm trying to uh, take this, you know, I, I liken it to a brewery, um, local breweries, craft breweries. You go into them. There's always these craft breweries that, you know, you see them collaborating with each other. They have a it's not that they, you know, they just only have their beers and they hate other beers. They they participate and share and and try to they have clubs where they get together and talk about how to make better beer together. And they have collaborations. And 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 so I'm like, why can't that be the same way in screen printing? I mean, they're make they're all making beer and they're all in the same neighborhoods, but we're all making t-shirts and we're all in the same neighborhoods. And a lot of times we have the same customers. Why, why can't we be friends and help each other out grow and, you know, focus on keeping each other in business instead of those large companies coming in, you know, like the custom inks and those type of places and the, and, uh, pushing, pushing stuff towards them or, so it didn't really make sense to me. And so that's really what I was trying to, I was trying to come up with an idea, a way to do that. And this just blossomed from that. And Christy's, Christy's got some things too. Yeah. She so like, just like Jeremy said, like community over competition. And when we had the idea for the podcast through speaking with other shirt manufacturers, ink manufacturers, um, di distributors, everybody was like, oh, you and Jeremy are buds. And we're like, yeah, why wouldn't we be buds? You know, like we're both doing the same thing, but in completely different ways and serving different segments of the market. The decorated apparel market is so big. There's room for all of us. Everyone's wearing T-shirts around. Um, so we've just gotten these great opportunities to talk to so many different aspects of the decorated apparel space that it's been a really cool experience, like linking everybody up and kind of networking within and trying to drive 
the conversation forward of like, how can we help each other instead of like holding back each other and like driving down prices and making everybody less profitable? Like, let's all work together and make more money, you know? Yeah. And it's what's cool is I can I can give Christy work and Mm -hmm. she can give me work and we're just helping each other out. We're buds. Right. And so I can go down to another shop in, in the area and say, hey, I've got some openings. Or they might say, hey, what's your schedule look like? We need some embroidery or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. and we can kind of we don't have to worry about stealing each other's customers. We can just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help you out. You know, you help me out, too. I'm going to run out of ink at some point. Yeah. I would love to be able to come down and get some ink from you. You're yeah. two blocks away or a couple miles away or whatever. And, it's funny. Uh, and you mentioned stealing customers. And I feel like every middleman I've ever talked to has a whole speech about me not stealing their customers, but um, maybe it's just the way we do business. I, I don't actually know of anybody that has actively had a reputation for stealing customers. Um, and yeah. we've even back when we were doing a lot of work for this one company that was basically exclusively a middleman company, um, they would literally show up at our shop with the customer and the customer would see that it wasn't their name on the building. And it was still like, yeah, this is the person who's in charge of your sales. Just have them contact them for sales. Like, it's funny how everyone's so paranoid about it. But in the industry, I'd much rather have a guy that gives me 15 jobs a month than steal one guy that is going to order 100 shirts two times a year. It just doesn't make sense to steal. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And how many plumbers are there in town? Right. Like, right. If I get two of the plumbers, I'll be happy. You know, I don't need all 15. And it's just like, I think it's easy to live in fear, but if you live in an abundance mindset, like great things happen. So it's just kind of like cultivating that culture of like, we all need to stop living in fear. You know, there's plenty. And it's, it's the rising tides raises, raises all ships. And as soon as people understand that, um, like we just saw it at the show at the open house, um, that we had, we got, what it was probably about 95 people there or something like that. There was like 30 different shops. Yeah. 30 shops from around the country. And, uh, they were just, they were just, they were so excited to like that. We were actually talking about this and that they were like, it's so needed. Like what you guys are doing is so needed. And Christy like looked at me and she's like, why aren't we doing a podcast about this? And I was like, let's, Mm -hmm. let's do it. And we're learning. (laughs) Yeah. We're learning. I mean, we're not, we're every day we're, you know, trying different things and, you know, to, to make it successful, make it work better. That's how me and Gavin feel. Like we've been (laughs) retooling this podcast and trying to improve it. And for about a month, me and Gavin are just being like, what the hell is happening? Like how are we having so many problems? How are we this bad at this? It's so frustrating. Things that you think are no big deal. Take like a week and a half. And we're like, how, how did this happen? Yeah. Well, here's, Oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Christy. Um, what I was just going to say is you throw a couple beers in there. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're doing. We're, yeah. we're adding beer to the mix. So now we're burping and right. like, for, yeah. yeah, we're forgetting what we're talking about and everything else. So go ahead, Christy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I was just going to say, like, I am much, I am very much a person of like, throw something into the world before you're ready and like before everything's hashed out. And that's kind of how this podcast is developing and stuff because you can't know all your problems that you're going to face like when you first start. So we just kind of, okay, let's try this setup. Let's try these microphones. Let's, let's try zoom one time. Let's, you know, 
Let's have somebody know the questions before and then not know them and like yeah. see what kind of resonates with everybody. So it's been this wild experiment too. Yeah, yeah it's very true. I saw a clip of Mr. Beast talking about how your first hundred videos, no matter how hard you try, will suck. Yeah. And it's just, you could be two, three years in and you're like, oh, maybe I'm kind of okay at it now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with especially without like a production team or whatever, yeah. You kind of just have to run on people being appreciative of the content and the and the actual like conversation because you're not going to impress people with your with your RGB back wall. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. Right. Yeah. So and what, what, and that's the that's the thing. We're we're not very good at it at all, but we're we're learning and and I just tell Christy, I'm like I'm like Christy, well it's just 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 keep on putting out the up, you know, that the artwork, that's part of the artwork to put out the episodes. Let's just do whatever we need to do and uh, not care if it sucks. And so that's just, if we can get the content out there, that would be great. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to yeah, add. Gavin, you were going to say something? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? So, so yeah, one thing I want to mm -hmm. add to yeah. the collaboration piece and not being afraid of your competition. Like one thing that happened to me, it's actually good for business, depending how you look at business. So here's, for example, like in South Florida, there's a lot of screen printers, a bunch of screen printers, right? And there's a camp of screen printers that are super tight. They do not want to share. And there's screen printers that are cool with sharing. And I felt like I was in the camp that I don't care. You come to my shop, you do, you see what I do, like, right? doesn't matter to me because that I didn't feel just having the shop was my value that I was adding, right? My value was Correct. my connection with the audience I was serving. It's good in some sense because like, like for us, what ended up happening is one person we was collaborating with and we were, I was just having constant competition, uh, like conversation with, they towards the end, like, so I ran my shop for seven years, towards the end, that person eventually ended up buying up my shop, right? Oh, and wow. that yeah, so it's like, if you position it right, cause like, we had the relationship for a long time, nobody's just gonna buy your stuff just like this, right? So if you have a relationship with the person, you are doing business with them, they understand what you are, so it's a easier just like, switch over when it's time like if you want to make a different move in your career, if you want to make a, if you want to slow down, if you want to create another business, you have relationship that's already built within your community, right? Like you and Christy could be, yep. Christy could be like, hey, I want to try a new venture. Jeremy, what do you want? You want to take some of my production or whatever? So yeah, don't say that too loud. I like new <laughs> shiny things. Yeah, yeah. Christy, Christy likes to go on new ventures all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I totally understand that. Like, it's all about relationships. If I was uh, shutting down shirt agency or selling or something like that, I wouldn't leave the industry itself. I mean, it, it would be very interesting to go and work for like a blanks manufacturer or go and develop like, you know, a sales concept with uh, one of the bigger production shops, maybe like help them with marketing, help them with production, whatever it is that you could like evolve into. Um, but I think you can, you know, be interested and excited about new things without just bailing on everything you've ever done before. You can build upon it and then new things can be exciting to you as you evolve throughout a career. 
Absolutely. And like me and Jeremy have been exposed to so many different aspects of this industry now. Like it's like opened our eyes to like all the different possibilities, you know, like I'm writing for magazines now and like I work with Gildan and like, oh, that's wow. so cool. All the marketing stuff that they're doing mm-hmm. and like how they're bringing American apparel back and just like learning about all these things that each of the different parts of the industry does. I didn't know that if I would just stay boxed up into my own screen printing world, like, Oh, I need to sell hundred shirts today or whatever. Um, yeah. it's really good to get exposure into other parts. And I think the, I think the other bonus from doing this type of style of podcast and really just putting yourself out there is the fact that you start to make friends in the industry and those friends are like invaluable. Like they, they're so crucial to like how you succeed and you can lean on somebody. We talked to Brett Bowden the other day and, um, from printed threads and he, he's basically said, man, there's like the, those type of people is so good to have people that you can like lean on in the industry that understand what you're going through. Right. So there's that, there's this, um, there's this idea like me and Christy of sharing stuff, sharing, sharing our jobs and, you know, not to the point where we're like, you know, I'm not giving her everything. She's not giving me everything, but we're helping each other out. Right. So it's that, I think that there's this networking side of things. that's that's like being missed by someone just holding on to their stuff and not having any friends in the industry and just kind of, you know, being me, 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 um, that is, is a, is a disadvantage to them. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of dreamed of some sort of networking tool that would allow us to have, um, rated shops that would allow us to basically like compete with someone who is a national producer. Um, so I land an order, and I realized that just the shipping is going to take five days because I landed it in Florida. And now I can go into a network, connect with people who are rated and we all trust. We all sit on the exact same price sheet that everyone's agreed to. And then I can just give it to one of 22 shops. Um, and it would allow us, you know, the big problem with being a screen printer that I've found is that I can handle 2000 shirts or even like three or 4,000 shirts in a day or so. And it's not that big of a deal, which opens the window to this weird thing where I'll get requests for like 22,000 shirts, but at the cost that they want to print them, I literally can't just shut down my shop and do nothing but that, but I'm not big enough to actually take it on. So even as you start to be more successful, you simultaneously can't take on orders. And if there was some sort of network built up besides just personal contacts, it would be unbelievable for me to be like, okay, these six shops are all doing whatever, 2,000 or 2,500 units each, and they're going to be shipped to the closest locations. Um, And that's just kind of like a higher level version of what you're talking about, where you're working and collaborating with existing shops. But I just feel like it's kind of the only way to compete with the really big dogs, because there's people who have 40 autos. And so when they get a call for 22,000 units, we're just never going to touch it. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we could take like personal connections and turn it into like a functional system. Yeah. I like that functional system idea. Um, I have my network, like Gildan from upstate, I mean, Dylan from upstate merch. Like I had this big order last week and he's like, Christy, like my shop can knock this out in a day. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't you just send it to me and I'll take care of you. And 
it just like blew my mind because our shop is so much smaller. Like I didn't even think to call him or, but if there was some system that I could just log into and say like, okay, who really has the capacity for this size order? And who can, who do I know like has a good star rating where they would do a great job and I trust them that they would do a good job. Like it would make shop life so much better, you know, and then we could get those orders and keep them in house. And it limits your, your risk because like, right. What I've done is I'm always like, oh, I'm getting a $50,000 CTS or, oh, I'm getting more square footage or, oh, I'm going to hire three or four people because there's so much work right now that I need the extra hands. And then six weeks later, we don't have the same volume that we have today, but you definitely have the same overhead. And so you could actually be a really profitable shop that is 2000 square feet mm-hmm. and you could use a system like that. Um, and the systems exist. It's just that they're always behind a brand. So yeah, like you, right. you hook up with someone like Fresh Prince or Custom Inc or Printify and they've just built all of that internally so that they can be the only person selling the items. And then they have a, pr- a printer partner network. Mm-hmm. Um, but us having yeah. kind of like, I don't know, like a co-opt printer partner network yeah. where all of us can sell independently, but all of us can use it at the same price points uh, could be really amazing. And it would fill a lot of people's holes. Did we just find something new and shiny to do? Yeah, I think we did. I've <laughs> talked about this for like six years. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Every time just, I talk uh, to some people who know how to do it, they uh, they're like, OK, go go fundraise like five million dollars and then well, we'll start it. Here's the thing, like my whole idea with the br- the brewery thing was was like, I just don't know how to do it. What does that look like? What is like, how do I get everybody like on the same page with this? You know, and I can listen to the Simon Sinek, you know, podcast and, and get inspired to do it. But like, what does that look like? And it it took a good year and a half, two years before we were like, oh, it's a podcast. That's yeah. that's a good place to start, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, yeah, keep on running with it. I'm sure it's going to catch on. Yeah. The, the podcast thing is a good way to reach out. The reason I started in the beginning was I wanted to talk to Danny at Bella canvas Mm -hmm. and uh, Danny has no interest in talking to anyone for an hour straight. Like that guy is just, he has so much he can do. Also he can elect to just do nothing all day because they're like, they're killing it. So like he doesn't know anyone, anything ever. And I was like, you know, if I like do two or three podcasts and then those people are good names, Danny's going to be told by the marketing department that he should do it. And then I had Danny on a private phone call for 90 minutes. And I was like, this, this is why you do a podcast is you get to talk to a guy who's he's like basically a billionaire at this point if he sold Bella. And I actually get to just sit down with him. He would never like elect to do that. Um, so it's kind of amazing that people get to meet through this whole, uh, like scam we're running. (laughs) (laughs) Take it till you make it. No, I think Jeremy and I had that, like, uh, our last podcast, um, with Ryan Moore and Brett Bowden, like we were just fangirling over them, like uh, the gods of screen printing, you know, and we got to interview them. It was pretty cool. So. Yeah, they're awesome guys. Brett is like, he knows everyone. He's like a social butterfly. Yeah. 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 We, that was, that was fun. And we get to go to water base camp and, you know, participate oh, cool. in that. So yeah. Made lab is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you listening in, yeah, like right now, just uh, be sure to subscribe if you watching this and hit us a like, 
whoever's going to be building this tool, put a comment or just reach out privately so we can talk. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go. Let's uh, let's see. Cole, Cole and I has been talking about this, but I think hey, all of us got a bunch of stuff on our plate. I don't, I don't know if any of us want to take that on right now, unless Cole wants to. If somebody <laughs> if somebody actually knew how to code, like I would work on that like practically full time because it, I would also be one of the first shops on the network. So like it would feed yeah, me work, so much business you know, yeah. um, and we do contract work at shirt agency. And like, I'm at the mercy of these people that it's like, do you want this price list? Yes or no. You could actually have a slightly more expensive price list if you don't have this obsession with uh, these corporate, you know, contract deals. Um, and we could all be really happy selling shirts for, you know, 11, $12 finished mm -hmm. and everyone like gets their bread in between on the chain. So yeah, if anyone knows how to code, call us. And uh, we can figure I've something out. Teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that hopefully the AI will just be good. We'll make the AI do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love AI. <laughs> yeah. Have you been using it yet in the oh, business? I use it all the time. Yeah. I always send videos to Jeremy. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> what are you yeah. using it for? Uh, I use it for social posts. I use it for um, blog writing, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Have you been I doing actually... emails with it? I haven't dived into the email portion of it. Um, I do it a lot for editing. And um, like I said, social media is big. I'm really interested. And we've been talking a lot with my friends on the Guild and board about how we're going to start like asking it to do some design work too. Mm -hmm, I really yeah. haven't dove into that, but I'm really interested in yeah. seeing how that develops too. Yeah, um, so, I just did an article for Screen Printing Magazine about how we've been playing with it. And it's like really interesting. Like, I think the customer service side is more obvious, but mm -hmm. using tools like MidJourney, you can create like really great artwork very quick. And what I like about it is you can dump on a client like eight templates and be like, hey, none of these are quite finished, but what direction do you like? Yeah. And you spent like 30 seconds telling the computer to make those eight designs. It's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. so much better than like a, a clip art system. Yeah. It's way better than SEPS IO, right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. SEPS isn't just art creation, really. Yeah. SEPS no, is more uh, uh, separations more than anything. Yeah. So, well, I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did get down the rabbit hole of doing the Firefly and the Mid Journey. Um, the Mid Journey wouldn't create the artwork for me because I wasn't a member. I don't know how you have to go through that whole thing. Um, but That's uh, ten bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then uh, the other one was uh, the Firefly from Adobe that just came out. Yeah. And I, I started doing that. that. And Adobe's is free if you're if you use it. Um, but you don't get the the best quality artwork like you would with the uh, with the uh, the mid journey. It seems to be so much better. Yeah, um, I think by the time this episode comes out, and probably the the ones that are posting right now, we're going to be using AI for like fun covers. Yeah. So uh, it'll be like fun, crazy AI pictures with our face swapped on. Oh, cool! Oh, that's so, awesome. So, like doing that. If we actually spent the time on Photoshop doing it properly, even a year ago, it would have been hours of like intense Photoshop work. And now yeah. it's like a 10 or 15 minute project to see what's funniest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could sit there for hours. Like, yeah, you just totally. keep on typing and it keeps on recreating and you're like, add this, add this. 
Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I spent like two hours on it last night, just messing with it. The one thing that I, and this is for everybody out there listening, the one thing that you can benefit from that AI, even that chat GPT is um, I just typed in job descriptions for all my employees. Oh, that's and, good. and basically did just, I just, here we go. Here's uh here's something I can actually use for the business. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm like, here's, here's, give me a job description for a screen printing production manager, focus on scheduling, you know, and boom, you know, it's that fast. You I'm like hiring too? Yeah, it was, it's generalized. I mean, I, you have to go back and make your, you know, make your edits to it, but I did um, hiring a salesperson, same thing. You know, I was like, Here, give me a job description. Give me, you know, that, that whole kind of spiel and, and, and how I should post it. And they did it. So it works. Yeah. The way I'm using it basically daily is um, me talking completely frankly to it. And then, then it turning me into a professional for an email. So That's all good. right, like, listen, we're, it's not our fault that you don't like your own color red. We match the Pantone. Just shut up. And then the, <laughs> the AI is like, as you know, you have already approved the Pantone. And we would like you to understand that while we are worried about your concerns, we also currently have in the invoice. And it's like, it's incredible. And I like, I can just like rattle off some random thing and it just goes completely professional. And it's a copy paste situation. It's awesome. There you go. Pretty good. I haven't thought about doing that, but I like that. Yeah, just like Jeremy, some of the things I'm doing with uh, ChatGPT, um, just like you said, uh, the job description. So I took all our old job description, dumped it in there. It completely professionalized it. It looks so much better. Uh, We took all of our stuff that we wrote, our systems that we wrote, like system and procedures, it cleaned all Mm -hmm. those up. So if you have those written up, it is really good. What I do now is I used to dump stuff into it and I didn't like the tone that it was using. Like as far as like, cause it comes either like super robotic or super like old English or whatever, uh, which is not my tone. So I'll just write something and I'll just say proofread and light, lightly clean this up. Like please proofread and lightly, that's my prompt. And so it, it keeps the same tone, but like it, it makes it more professional. It makes it more clean, no spelling errors, or anything like that. So I kind of stick around those type of prompts. And I've noticed mine too. Like it seems to be learning me about like how I like things written and like what, what I want it to sound like. I want it to sound like me, something I would do, not just robotic, Yeah. whatever. But I have to use the same program every time to get that feel. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that I want to do that I haven't been able to do yet is I want to train it because we I pay for the plus. So I have chat GPT four, but I can now have chat GPT four as my API. Mm-hmm. So if I created um, basically a public chat bot on our website and I train it with our calculators and with Printavo and even give it Printavo API access, it seems like I should be able to have a customer say, hey, when is my order due? And it can read through the Printavo API. Your order will be completed on the 13th. It's marked as having a hard deadline. Is there anything else you'd like to ask? It's crazy. And like that should be possible already. It's <laughs> it just a matter possible. of training it um, and then deploying it. And like everything, every time I've gotten into the rabbit hole of it, my skills aren't quite there. But what's amazing is I've literally told it to write things for me. And then it'll write like Python code. 
So when you don't know how to do things, you can tell it to do it for you. It's it's pretty incredible. So hopefully in like six months, I'll have something out there that actually allows it to like connect to SNS Activewear and Printavo and stuff. It would be amazing. I wonder if you could talk to Matt Marcotte at Printavo because he was creating like Google Forms and Zaps. Like if mm-hmm. someone filled out the form on your website, it would automatically update everything into Printavo, create a customer, email the customer, like basically hands off if someone went on your website. Um, but maybe he could know the. Yeah, I should talk to him. I mean, we already use a lot of Zapier with our Printavo. So like, it automatically sends follow-up emails, automatically sends email notifications, um, and our forms like autofill and stuff like that. Um, one thing that I did was I did a new Zapier so that it automatically fulfills our Trello. So instead mm-hmm. of like going and searching through Printava to see what a job is, we just have Trello cards. And so people just see a bunch of cards that they need to complete and they move them over. And the Zapier is like going back and forth with Printavo information. Um, so Zapier is really cool, but I just don't know how to turn some of those automations into like an active chat. That'll be, that's the challenge. Every time I talk to Bruce about it, he's kind of like, oh, that's a great idea. And then he stops talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I I think no one's really done it yet. If somebody does do it, you could actually sell it as an add on. Mm -hmm. I bet people would pay $1.99 a month as like the Printavo add on. Whether yeah, Printavo developed great. it or somebody developed it mm-hmm. as a standalone business that they could then link out. Because I think pretty much every small business would be like, wait, I can fire my bad receptionist. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, one ninety nine is way cheaper than entry level employee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So is she really that bad? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I almost made you spit out your water. All right. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, how's, how's, how's your shop right now? Like, are you guys like busy right now? How's workload and like you guys? What's the? It's uh, it's yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, it's uh, so we had the best May we've ever had, and then last year we had the best July we ever had. You know, and so I'm like, you you try to gauge that and kind of plan forward and well this we're gonna we're gonna make sure we've got we're ready for this july because it's going to be busy again and then june just like trickles down to nothing at the end of june you move into july and we're like why are we fighting for jobs right now this is crazy so it's um yeah we've kind of hit a lull um in the uh, on the uh, on the production side of things and uh which is actually a blessing for us because we can we're going through like business coaching and trying to do standard operating procedures and things like that to try to, Mm. to grow more. And so this is a perfect time to actually do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, you know, your employees get nervous and they're like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, why we don't get to run all the, uh, you know, all the shop, all the machines in the shop, you know, we got two big autos. We don't get to run those at the same time. Well, no, we're doing Mm -hmm. terrible. I'm like, no, last year we didn't have, two autos and a manual running, Mm -hmm. you know, we only had one auto and a manual. So like, we're actually doing better than we did last year still, but yeah, so it's, it's, but we're, but we're down. I would say it's a slow month for us. It's the first slow month that we've had in all, in all year, honestly, that's been significantly slower than previous, I guess, you know, and for me, um, I got married and I was out of the shop for 21 days. Um, 
I was out of the shop for 21 days. So like, I'm still feeling that a little bit. Um, we've had a really exponential growth this year. Um, and it kind of almost imploded my shop. We've grown so much this year, um, because I didn't have the right processes in place before we hit the growth that we did. Um, so it's been, I've been on the struggle bus a lot this year of like trying to find ways to ease the struggles within the shop while still managing sales and continuing those to grow. Um, we are working, um, contracting some stuff out now just to kind of get caught back up. But like Jeremy, like I've noticed my email this week, it's not as full as it normally is. Um, so that's kind of strange, but I'm just like chalking it up to the holidays and I've already been reaching out to the schools and my small business customers, which I know they do big pushes in the fall for back to school um, and saying, hey, can I work on artwork for you guys? Can I do this for you guys? Get everything ready to go. So when we hit August, we're jamming again. Um, yeah. You know, it's fun running a screen printing shop because it's always something, something every day. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? How about you, Carl? What do you What do you see? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not overly busy. I, I'm a little bit slow. Um, it's, it's certainly not like amazing as far as sales right now. Um, like I think today we're only going to knock out like, I don't know six jobs or something like we're not like oh my god we have to do a dozen jobs or something every single day um like right now we're ahead of our normal turnaround time so like we have stuff booked it's not like it's completely nothing but we're not what i want to be i want to be like booked solid two weeks out i don't want to be like oh stay busy guys (laughs) right but it's interesting because also you know you can land one client especially when you have autos you can have one client wreck you and so you can yeah. go from from slow to somebody giving you 3000 units like front, back, inside sleeves, maybe like a hit on like the arm. And you're like, OK, so now I have to do whatever, 12000 impressions and they want right. you to do it in like nine days. And you're like, well, now all my other work feels like I can't even like take it on because I have to nonstop mm-hmm. do this. Um, so it's weird that swing of like, I'm slow, but I'm capable of doing a ton of work. And so you're just kind of looking around like, why, why can't I level out those opportunities? That's Mm -hmm. why I wish I had a a client that was just like, I don't know, like working for, I don't know, Hurley or something like one of those old school, like big brands where they're like, yeah, you're just going to be doing X amount per week, basically nonstop. Um, I would love to do that kind of production with someone. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know if that's the right. It's funny because like a year ago, you probably was, let's say, at level one or at level two. And then now you're probably at level five. Right. But that level, if you dip to level four, that fall feels so dramatic. Like, it, at least to me, it feels yeah. dramatic when you are falling. Oh, man, I'm getting slowed. Right. It is extremely tough just to handle that and to appear confident to your team because your team could feel it. And they're looking at you to see, yeah. like, uh, are we in trouble here? <laughs> like, are we going to lose our job? Right. Like, uh, I know for me, it's like, a, even when I ran my shop, it was always that battle. It, it always end up working out though it always like oh we get more business yeah. and stuff like it that does. yeah but what, 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 when oh, you we know through, we know what's around the corner yeah 
Yeah, but going through it is really yeah. tough. It's really tough to just stay solid in front of your team, like because it's like your team will look. Especially a lot of them, they depend on this job for pay their rent, pay everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why so many people that do sell, um, they'll like sell their equipment, keep their name, keep their book of business, and just became a, a glorified middleman with really good marketing um, because. If you have a bad month, who cares? It's yeah. you have zero overhead. So if you can like pay your own rent beyond that, you don't even need sales. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with our shops, it's like how many tens of thousands of dollars do you have in overhead just because of payroll, rent, utilities? And like if you somehow can't even cover the basics, forget like giving yourself additional money. Um, yeah. And so you're like, OK, I mean, I don't know. It depends on the shop size, but like some people basically have a minimum monthly sales of sixty, seventy thousand dollars minimum and they only break even. So to bring in that many orders, if you're thinking with a salesperson mind, you're like, yeah, give me fifteen percent of seventy grand and let me walk away. But when you're thinking with an owner mind, it's like, oh okay, I'm gonna bring in seventy grand in sales and then I'm gonna make my first dollar. And it's like yeah. it's just a completely different opportunity with yeah. controlling the shop versus just landing orders. Yeah, I will say um, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. You get slow, you got to see it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of shop owners look at it as an opportunity. Like they'll, they'll panic. Like Gavin mm-hmm. said, you'll panic and then you'll come up with something like, oh, I need to do, I need to do some special project. I need to, you know, do these, this mass discounter. I need to do like all these different things to try to, to get business, to drum up business, or I might even start like a little clothing line or, or try mm-hmm. to do something that I haven't done before because, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, what's around the corner. It's the school season starts up all of a sudden August hits and you're slammed again. And then all of that, those little things you were, are just gone, right? Like the, the, the worry is gone. All of that, the little special projects you don't have time for anymore. Um, and what we've just kind of seen in the, in the last eight years is just basically is like, well, we slow down. Let's take a break. Let's take some days off. Let's go on vacation. Let's let's actually because we don't get to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and take time off. Go go hang with your family or, you know, hey, let's clean the shop. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, do let's do the things Let's detail the machines. Let's make sure everything's maintenance. Let's write right right procedures. Let's do these other things. Take advantage of that time downtime to actually get stuff done because you know, you're not going to be able to do it when you're slammed. Yeah. And during that downtime, just to add on to that, another great thing is reaching out to people that you've never worked with. Yes. Um, I was just going to say that too. Like what's your hit list? What's your top 10? Right. Go out and get them, you know? Yeah. Those, those sales leads, even if they don't become a sale for two months or three months, um, long term, you could bring in a customer that that's going to give you fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars in gross sales over the year, um, and it all starts with you introducing yourself because they don't know you even exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jeremy, you mentioned you're doing some uh, consulting. Well, you're getting some consulting to help you systematize. Like, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, and what's your goal? What's your goal with that? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, so I guess I, I was approached with the opportunity to buy another shop. 
And, um, and that kind of woke me up, you know, to say, Oh, wow, I need to get my act together so mm-hmm. that if I end up inheriting an additional shop, like, what is that going to look like? And, you know, you just mm-hmm. kind of start to assess your own business and go, yeah, I'm not ready for this at all. And, uh, and so I hired a business coach and that business coach was mm-hmm. just like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go over your systems. Let's find out what you, you know, are you doing, are you measuring KPIs? Are you, what's your standard operating procedures? Do you have time to do this? This is, was, this was going down the rabbit trail of me even meeting Gavin was, you know, what do you spend most of your time doing artwork? Stop doing artwork, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just to try to, and so, you know, take the day, take work from home. You're being distracted too much, that kind of stuff. So really it's just the, the, the business coach for me has just been trying to get me to learn how to actually be a businessman and work on the, on my business and not in my business. So that's really the goal for, for me and what we're working on together. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Christy, what do you see your future business look like over the next few years? Are you trying to have a a really big space and a a lot more production or are you trying to be kind of a boutique solution that when you get a big order, you farm it out? Yeah. So it's really interesting that you say that my year has kind of developed in an odd way with um, all the media exposure that I've been getting. So at the beginning of the year, it was my goal by the end of the year to be the middleman, like contracting everything out, like all my equipment's paid for my autos paid for, you know, our embroideries paid for everything, but just go ahead, sell it, you know, get rid of everything and just use my client base and outsource those to other people. But then as I got busier from the media exposure, I was like, well, wait a second. Like, is this the universe telling me like I need to stay in this and take it to the next level? Um, So I have kind of been going back and forth with those two things. And honestly, I don't know which one I'm going to do yet. I am looking at buildings to buy a building, um, but it's going to have to be the right opportunity too, to make that work. I know I can't stay in my current space and get any bigger than I am sales wise. So I mean, I'm just kind be. of in this holding pattern zone of like, test the waters, let's get our systems in place with outsourcing some, doing some in-house. And then if the right building becomes available and it makes financial sense, may we jump and do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, so. maybe you could, you could increase sales and just not grow the production in, in-house. Yeah. And maybe that, and that would be great because I love sales. I love talking to people. I love cultivating new customers. I love stalking people on Instagram. And then I get a high from those people coming and spending money with me. So that's what I love to do. I don't love managing production in the shop. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very much into social selling and all of that. Yeah, it took me a while to just like become almost like a public face because like that just wasn't me. I've always been like the background guy and just uh, run operation, right? So, but when you first start your business, you got to go out there and sell yourself and sell your business. Yeah. So, and, and sell your service. So what Jeremy and both of you guys said about like building like systems and processes and what your business coach is telling you is like, it's really the, really the only way to uh, kind of like 
make yourself bigger than you actually are is through little systems and processes, right? Uh, a couple of things that I found was like super helpful for me when I, because I came running big, bigger businesses like for other companies before I did um, uh, my my shop, but I found it really hard to transfer some of those over, like coming from a corporate to a more of an entrepreneurial system because you don't have mm-hmm. resources. You don't have a bunch of money. You don't have nobody like footing, like paying for that, right? When you're in a corporate situation, they give you the money, they give you all the people and your, and your yeah. thing, you have to use your leverage that you have, which is a lot of time is not money. Uh, so uh, a couple of things that really helped me out was like, I uh, I heard uh, somebody was talking about, you know, this book and I, I read it. There was this book that's called Traction by this guy that's called Jim mm-hmm. Whitman, Entrepreneur Operating System. So when I read that, I read it really kind of like just helped me just package the experience that I had in a way where I could apply it to my business. So anybody that's going to try to like systematize their business, like I would say, read that book. There's also another book that's called Systemology by this guy that's called David Jennings. It's so awesome. I think like if you could combine those two books, right? A lot of the stuff that you're going to get from your business coach are going to be some of those without like some of those things. And it's always good to pair that up with uh, a business coach because you you actually want somebody to kind of guide you through it. But uh, those two books like really, really helped me just kind of build system, uh, create scale, bring on uh, people, like hire a lot of people. Um, Hopefully this could help somebody out. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The other thing that I tell like smaller screen printers than me is when you're creating systems, like do not get overwhelmed, like start small, create one system. And then like, get all the details and all the kinks worked out of that first and then move on to the next one. You don't need to fix your whole shop in one day. And I'm living proof of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, it does take work, you know, and something that worked a year ago when we were at one level, isn't going to work today when we're at another level. So you're going to have to revamp things anyway. Ooh, the dreaded leaf blower. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is uh, really important to do what you're talking about with the systems, because even if you're printing completely alone in a garage, you can either do that in an organized fashion and like allocate your time to specific tasks. For example, like if you want to run a job from start to finish, you'll probably get a lot less done per week than if you just go and say, "Okay, I have booked three orders. I'm going to do every single screen now. I'm going to make every film now. Now I'm going to do every screen now. Now I'm going to register this job and get it approved. Now I'm going to move on. Like if you try to do every job individually, you have this thing of like, okay, now I'm waiting 40 minutes for the screen to be dry enough for me to do it. As opposed to just dedicating an hour per morning to screen time and then another hour per morning to email time. Um, and so, yeah, like allocating time is critical to having any level of shop really function properly. Cause you could have 50 people in the building and if they don't have defined tasks, it's just going to be chaos. Yeah. 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 And that's the standard operating procedures for me, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you just, you have a shop guy that's out there and you know, you, you can train them, but then you can't babysit them, um, all the time. And so then you're like, all right 
I expect you to multitask, but you don't multitask very well. So now I got to micromanage you, you know, and, and that doesn't always fly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's systems in place. Here's, here's what I started doing was creating, um, I mean, I was at a print hustlers and watched uh, the lean manufacturing talk. I think Gavin, you were there as well. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I started implementing the lean manufacturing. And so like for even training, I just basically, when we were slow, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I just said to my shop guys, I'm like, I want you to make a video on every, every process we do so that when we do get busy and we need an extra shop hand, all they have to do is scan the QR code and watch the video and then you can train them. But the, if they forget, scan the QR code, watch the video. Before they and I have those QR codes all over my house now or all over my house, all over my shop now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and literally I've got a, a YouTube playlist of like 20 videos, how to tape a screen, how to, you know, how to Are mix, ink, how to look up mix. Uh, yeah, they're private. Um, That's so it's, it's really unlisted. Content. <laughs> well, I can share with you if you need me to, but yeah. no, I mean, but yeah, I, I would think that pretty much everyone would like something like that where if, if, uh, I mean, maybe you could put it behind a paywall since you have the podcast audience anyway, sure. but yeah. if you put that behind a paywall, I guarantee you people would love to just be like, well, he's doing a good enough job. Like I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I can just take his yeah. existing content. Yeah, it's great. Cause I've actually, if you, um, uh, I think you look at uh, what I noticed was in some of the reels I've been doing, um, Cause I took over my own, my own social media again, I was hiring that out. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I ended up, uh, seeing the QR code in the reel and I'm like, Oh crap. If somebody, if somebody slowed that down and actually watched it, their QR coded it, it would be our private video stash of all of our videos. But like, I just eliminated the need to like babysit, you know, in, in having those videos that they, they're going to have their phone out anyways, if they get, if they slow down. So like scan the video, watch it, do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what you need to do instead of going on Facebook or whatever, Instagram, Mm -hmm. scan the video, watch it, do the, do the job. Yeah. And it eliminates excuses because they can't say they forgot or they can't say that they, they uh, were never told. Um, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's really smart. Yeah. And I haven't implemented anything like that with our screen printing side, but for embroidery, like threading needles, putting a new um, color thread on, checking for common error codes on the embroidery machine. We did videos for that, and it's been very good for like getting people to just go ahead and try things before they reach out to you the next person in line and have them stop working too, um, for embroidery. I know Gavin loves doing it because he always sends looms. So like he'll just start talking into his microphone and then you're just watching his screen that's being recorded. And it's, it's a really good way to communicate to people directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's looms are good. I just, uh, I know like once you're not on the premium anymore, you're, you're stuck with a five minute window and, Sometimes you need more than five minutes. So I was, you know, either pay a subscription or just use YouTube, which you can do unlisted videos. You can do an unlisted playlist. So that was, that's easy enough. Cool. 
Well, mm-hmm. thank you both so much for your time. If you want to plug uh, ways to get a hold of your shops and also the podcast, now's the opportunity. Um, how can people find you? Christy, go. Well, for me, I am Christy Schellenberger at Snatch and Run. Please follow us on Instagram. I am always on there. Um, snatchandrun.com. Um, and then our podcast, Last Call for Plastisol, lastcallforplastisol.com and at Last Call for Plastisol. Um, we have some great videos out there. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, Jeremy just keeps finding new places to put the podcast. So <laughs> check it out. We really appreciate you guys following us and like watching our videos. We're new at it, but we're having a lot of fun and we're funny sometimes. So sometimes. And I'm uh, I'm Jeremy Ray from Rock Hill Screen Printing, and you can find us at Rock Hill Screen Printing on all the socials and and uh, RockHillScreenPrinting.com. And last call for Plastisol. Please check us out. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, and to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and tell your mom about it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> all nice. right, there you go. We did it. Awesome. We did it. That was awesome. That was awesome.